Welcome back to the Whole Home Podcast. I am Laura here with the lovely Maria Whitehurst, and we are burning the midnight oil tonight. So we are going to get right to games. <laughs> this is a new game, and oh, I was yeah. trying to come up with something desperately. And Maria, this is what I've got. Okay, so I asked Maria to send me, or I asked her some questions about her favorite things, and then she wrote me the answers back, but I did not look at them. My daughter put them all on cards. So this game is called My Favorite Things. So Maria, this might not go well, but okay, great. <laughs> I have not seen what is on these cards. I'm going to do my best to tell you what they are without saying what it is, kind of like taboo. Oh, and you oh, have to say, fun. oh, that's my favorite cereal or oh, whatever. Great. Say okay. the name of it. Okay. Yes. So are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to give us a time limit. Five minutes. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's find out what Maria's favorite things are. Okay, so this is red and green and uh, candy canes and Jesus. My favorite um, holiday, Christmas. This is a a stacked thing that you grill outside that has a a alliteration. And um, you eat it and um, a stacked thing, meat, cows. um. (laughs) I don't remember this. A cheeseburger? Okay. Yeah, it rhymes with Bob's Urgers. <laughs> oh, Bob. Oh, Bob's Burgers. Okay, what is I that? I love that. It's a cartoon. Oh. <laughs> it's so silly. I love it. Okay. Sunshine and... Um, At the beach. Sunflowers. No. Nope. And, uh, ooh, butter. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> Sunshine, sunflowers, and butter? <laughs> I'm so bad. Okay. Um, duckies, chicks. Um, oh. I'm dying. I have no <laughs> idea. It's in the rainbow. It's in the rainbow. In the middle. <laughs> I'm so it's bad. It's in the sorry, middle Mom. of the rainbow. I just wrote these answers yesterday. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Okay, butter. Um, okay, imagine butter in your mind. What do you see? Yellow. Yes. Oh, my favorite color. Okay. Whew. Okay, this is two words. And it blows and it goes back and forth between people and you hit it and... Oh, yeah. You said my favorite sport and I said table hockey. Okay. Woo. Air hockey. I think I'm sweating now. <laughs> Air hockey is not a sport, but I just gave you that. Okay. This... I'm going to skip this one and go back to... <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a big uh, dog and it is the name of a bus. Oh, a greyhound. Yeah. My favorite drink. Oh. I went alcoholic. <laughs> Sorry. It's great. All right. Um, ribbit. Frog. You what? said favorite animal, and that was my favorite animal in middle school, so I just gave you frog. Awesome. And you, <laughs> don't you love Kermit? I don't know. I love Kermit, Miss Piggy, so Miss yes, Piggy, yeah. the, Kermit goes hand By in extension. Hand. Okay. So two people who are driving in a car and... A bookstore, and I think of um, um, when Harry met yeah. Sally. <laughs> that is the best movie of all time. Don't at me. Okay. Oh, I think of um, a clown nose with this one, and a clown nose and uh, glasses. And I honestly think I can't say this on the air, so I won't. Um, making food, heating up food. This. Mm, okay, a bird singing. <laughs> a bird singing and the words <laughs> wait so a clown knows heating up food and a bird singing 
<laughs> Nobody knows what you're talking about, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Never play charades with me. Never play Pictionary. Okay. Um, two words. Uh-huh. I'll just say it's the name of a person. Hagrid? Because <laughs> I said Hagrid was my favorite and something else. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to start over. Okay, please. <laughs> the person was wearing a clown nose while wearing a doctor's jacket. Oh, um, oh you're talking about that food movie. Cooking food. Yeah. Um, that is just one single movie he did. Are you talking about Robin Williams? Yes. Okay. That's Patch Adams? Yes. And I was thinking of heating up food in Mrs. Dapfar. And you I was going to talk oh, about putting okay. out a fire on one's chest. But I didn't know if I could say that. <laughs> so Robin Williams is your favorite. I love him as an actor. Okay, yes. I'm torturing everyone with my horrible descriptions. Okay, so sand and sea. At and, the beach. Okay, it's your favorite. It's a favorite way to like unwind or relax. Okay. Lots of hair. Hagrid. Yes. <laughs> my favorite Harry Potter character. Oh, this is funny. Okay, a big red letter and the rest are blue and um, shopping carts and... 30 years ago <laughs> blue special blue light special oh oh you said my favorite place to shop and uh-huh. i said kmart in the 90s <laughs> it was great okay was great. um oh okay i think of like anna and elsa um and moose and snow mm-hmm. and um <laughs> frozen i don't know yeah where was that where did that take place Oh, in, uh, yes, okay. Um, Switzerland. Which is? A place that I would love to visit. Okay. That I never have before. Hopefully you'll still be my friend after this horrible game. Okay, this is two needles, I think. Knitting. Yeah. Woo. I love to knit. Is that your favorite hobby? Yeah, I'd say if there was a hobby that um, being a mom allows me to do, knitting is it. Okay, so here... Is the one I'm dreading, which hopefully you know <laughs> what it is. It's um, three words, and you I can think by process of elimination, bob your head while <laughs> saying it. I don't know. Um, you mean take on me? Yes, <laughs> yes. You said favorite '80s song, and take on me is it because my sons love it. I've listened to it so much now that I don't like it anymore, but I do. I'm so pretty sure it's my it. husband's favorite song. He loves the music video. Yes, that is exactly why the music Best video is music amazing. Video. Okay. Ding. (laughs) Now we get to play the game that everyone plays. All the questions, five minutes. Oh, okay. The time's up game. You have five minutes to tell me. Do you have a useless talent? Um, yeah, I know all the words to This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. (laughs) Okay. Is that your go-to karaoke song? Um, no. There's a karaoke song that's Tom Jones. Oh. It's not unusual. That one just makes people laugh, and karaoke is so uncomfortable, so that is what I would do. Um, What's your middle name? Oh, it's Antonia. I was named after my great-grandma. What was your last meal? Earlier today, it was um, potatoes, green beans, and beef. Do you collect anything? I collect just like little, like, tchotchkes. Is that the word? Mm -hmm. From just like places we've been, so I have like um, like one of those things you put on the wall that's little squares and you just put stuff in it okay so I have all these little weird things like i have a tiny little um statue of charles dickens because 
they sold it at a place we went to and like just really random weird stuff. That's fun. Yeah. What is the last skill you learned? Skill? Mm-hmm. Um, recently, I went to uh, one of the classes that the Remnant Ladies hosted and I learned how to crochet again thanks to Ashley Clapp. Woohoo. What are you making? We did a dishcloth. I did. Mm-hmm. Because my grandmother was an excellent crocheter, if that's the word. And we grew up with her dishcloths, and I just really Aww. longed to have them because it reminds me of her. Is there anything people sometimes misunderstand about you? I sometimes feel like maybe I don't come off as um, as good of a listener as I actually am because mm-hmm. I talk so much. Mm-hmm. So I think people think that I'm just listening to myself speak. <laughs> but I actually have... An insanely good memory. I say you have a very and good I'm memory. And I'm listening to you and taking everything in. I just process it so differently. So I think people might think I'm a bit of like a, an air, airhead maybe sometimes. Pivoting to what your favorite soup is. <laughs> Ooh, I love soup. I used to do soup kitchen. My friends, we would just make soup every week. Mm. Uh, I think one of my favorites in my family is called Al... Albondigas, but we always called it Oingo Boingo, but it's just a Mexican soup with meatballs. Brian made it this week yum. for me. It was really good. I keep saying yum. I sound like I'd never eat. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you're passionate about? Um, I am passionate about being a, a mom. I really like that's like my, um, that's what I give my heart to. Is there any human that changed the course of your life? Any human? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that Oscar, mm-hmm. my son, for sure, my baby. Do you have a hero? My hero. Ooh, I don't know. Pass. I don't <laughs> know if I do. If you were going to write a book, what would it be about? Ooh, it would probably be about um, loss and grief. Yeah. I think I have a lot to, uh, of experience in that department um, and just how um, Christ molds you. In those life experiences go to breakfast eggs i don't care what it is if it's not eggs i don't <laughs> want it <laughs> last thing you watched on tv um nope not telling you that okay um just i i watched some some garbage television that i probably shouldn't watch but um nothing important what is something in your life more challenging than you expected I think that I expected motherhood to be challenging, but not quite to this degree. <laughs> so motherhood, again, is, wow, it's humbling. What is a place in scripture encouraging to you? I'm reading like um, like a chronological books of the Bible, and I'm awful, and I don't remember what book it was, but I remember it was talking about essentially the diaspora and like where Judah, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, was no more. They were exiled for 70 years and generations like weren't ever going to see Jerusalem. Am I butchering this? Like Jerusalem, like come back and like, Mm -hmm. I was just reading this historical account essentially of just like how their oppressors were. It was like Assyrians and Babylonians and Persians. um, And it was just speaking to me about how like faithful God has been to the people, but individually they might not have seen it so apparent so how important it is in our daily lives that even though we might not see necessarily the trajectory of like what God is doing for us, 
um, just having faith and knowing that he is constantly working for our good um, and that he's so faithful, even if it's not like directly apparent like today in my life. So that's most recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wish I could remember what book of the Bible I was in. That is really encouraging to the same or the same. Oh, I can't think either. I was just listening to you. But uh, I said something similar to Ryan today because that same thought encouraged me about faith. And because we've been talking so much about it recently, a remnant, just the fact that uh, Hebrews use the word, I think, spiritual sight or something like that. And the fact that God is out of time and like our eyes connected to our bodies are in time. So we can only be where we are right now in the moment. But God is eternal. And the fact that if you're in Christ, then you have like his Holy Spirit in you and his Holy Spirit is connected to out of time. So he can see all of time. Mm -hmm. So we just trust him with our, with, for the spiritual sight um, and lean in with faith, which was encouraging to me today. So praise God that we're both encouraged by that. Anyways, yes. <laughs> if I ran into you at a restaurant, where would it be? Well, I think it would be Stella's. I love Stella's. Exact favorite spot in your home? Right now, it's like our quote-unquote classroom. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a newer room that mm -hmm. we did this summer. And it's just like my happy place. Where, I, is it on your base floor or your top it's floor? It's on the first floor. It used to be like our playroom. Okay, yeah. And now it's completely it. changed. How fun. Yeah. Two words that describe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. How about one? <laughs> Unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all do not know how late it is right now. It is so late. If you had 10 times your budget, what would you spend it on? Oh, my goodness. I think that I would really enjoy um, designing my own home. Like, just my imagination can go wild with, like, creating a space to live and work and, like, host people. And I just would, that's probably for fun. If mm -hmm. I had 10 times my budget, it would just be like, let me build this house. That's really just like a community center. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. I can go on and on about that. How fun that would be. And to wrap it up, what was your AOL screen name? Oh, this is fun. Um, it was uppercase and lowercase, varied letters, and it was Groovy Chick 13, which sometimes people are like, Gravy Chick? And I was just like, no, Groovy Chick. Groovy because chick. Austin Powers was definitely a big movie back then. I'm pretty sure we still have the VHS. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Ding, ding. Good job. Okay. We are going to your garden, your current garden. Yay. What is your neighborhood, Maria, and how long have you been there? Oh, we live in, like, you want the name of my neighborhood? Sure. It's called Windsor Place West. Um, it's in Short Pump, and we've been there eight years this summer. Who is in your household? My house consists of myself, my husband, Brian. Um, I think um, I mentioned before Paige lives with me. Um, she's an adult. And then my children, Bear, Benjamin, and Rosemary. And how long have you been coming to Remnant? Brian and I started going to Remnant, I believe it was March 2013. You said Paul invited you? Paul Cure, yes. Yeah. And then what CG are you currently in? We are currently in the McCune's community group in the West End. Awesome. Okay, let's get into your garden with the first section, which is the planning section, your desires and dreams. Do you have any? Okay, so I think that my strongest desire and what I pray a lot about is that I really want to 
God to use me to be an integral part of my children coming to faith. Just given my past, I would really like to be a positive part of their walk with Christ as opposed to maybe someone that they walk with Christ in spite of. Mm. Um, I really would like God to use me um, in a positive way in their lives. Do you think of that particularly as their mother or just a person? Like, does mother kind of shape that a lot? As their mother, as now um, someone who aspires to teach them, mm-hmm. really just as everything I could be to them, everything that they will grow to see me as. Um, I just I just constantly pray that God uses that for his good. So is this something that's built for you over time or more recently you've just felt really strongly about it? I think more recently I've felt really strongly about it because, you know, I have a a five-year-old turning six and he's really exiting that, those toddler years, asking bigger questions, studying my behavior and things that I say and do in ways that they they didn't quite do as young children. And so I'm having this reflective time of, am I honoring Christ in every, in the way that I parent them, in the way I relate to them, do my actions, speak to my beliefs? Am I exemplifying to my children that I trust Jesus? You know, do they feel God's love and grace through the way that I treat them? You said you pray a lot. What does that look like? Lately, I have been waking up at 5 a.m. so that I can be awake and get dressed and read my Bible and pray before they are awake. Mm -hmm. Because I've learned that I'm not a morning person. And so if I'm ready to meet them where they're at instead of all of us getting up together and really just working, looking like a crazy family trying to get ready. (laughs) And I can start my day in a way that actually helps everybody and unifies us. So yeah, uh, praying, I pray in that hour-ish that I'm awake before everybody. Um, I spend a lot of time in prayer about my day and how it's going to look. And I have a bit of a temper, so I'm constantly praying that that I will have patience Mm -hmm. and grace for my children. Because I receive that from God. Yeah, that that won't scream the loudest, so to speak, <laughs> in their memory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That you know, my unfortunately, I just can get quick tempered. I appreciated a lot what you shared with me. We had lunch together recently. I can't remember exactly how you said it, but you said that you were asking yourself the question, like, if the Bible, for some reason, the Bibles were all taken away, would I have hidden God's word in my heart right. enough? to say it to myself and share it with my children. And I don't know, when did you start thinking about Bibles being taken away? <laughs> um, I think I read a quote by Tim Keller, actually. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was Spurgeon. There was a quote by someone awesome. And they said just exactly that, that God's word, um, when committed to memory, is like written in your heart and it can't be taken away from you. And I don't think it necessarily came from a place where I'm worried about the the Bible being taken from me. But I thought how many times in my life was I somewhere where I didn't have a Bible, Hmm. but confronted with maybe a situation or a feeling or just an experience where I needed God's words. Um, I needed to speak them to myself. And I think we were talking about that because you've been carrying your Bible around with Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So how is that one of the reasons why you decided to pick going through the Bible chronologically? Or did that kind of play into this? Um, And then the whole 5 a.m. thing? So Amanda Cowgill put me on to the Bible recap. Okay. And I really liked it because it's actually a podcast as well. And while the podcast is wonderful, um, they printed it. 
So um, in the morning when I read, there is no phone anywhere near me. Mm. And the recap's printed. Okay. So that just happens to be chronological. And it's something that I've stuck with. So mm-hmm. both positives. <laughs> yeah. Do you see yourself as this 5 a.m.? Like, do you did you consciously make this de- decision to wake up at 5 a.m. thinking about this goal of yours or desire of yours? And like, this is, I need to make this change because of this desire? Yeah, or- I think I think it sprung from... The fact that I was constantly feeling like every morning was an uphill battle and I wasn't prepared to love my children the way that they needed it and the way that I wanted to. So I just would start my day sort of already annoyed. Yep. And so it came from this desire to figure out how I can just be ready to receive them lovingly in the morning and support them and just have my own basic needs met so that I could focus on them. Yeah. Even the Bible talks about reading scripture as like bread or like nourishment or food. And so you just said basic needs. It makes sense. Like you have to eat. It's probably good that mom isn't starving yeah, <laughs> at the beginning yeah. of your day. So to quote unquote eat God's word. I don't know. I, you share with me your rhythm before. I just thought it was really cool how practical like you and your family or your husband has decided to do this. So you wake up first. So Brian really laughed because when I pitched this idea, he he has always been very supportive of any reason why I'm waking up early. Mm-hmm. But I have never, historically, I have never actually done the plan oh. <laughs> that I said I was going to wake up early and do X, Y, Z. And he would always be like, that's a great idea. You should do that. Um, let me know how I can help you. So when I said I was going to wake up early, he said, that's a great idea. You mm-hmm. should do that. Let me know how I can help you. And so we thought about how that would look. I wake up at, at 5 a.m. And he's committed to if any of the children need anything before 6.15, he's, he's got it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes this looks like I'm waking up at 5 a.m. And so is he because mm-hmm. someone needs us. So it's super loving on his part to jump in there. And I get dressed and get myself ready for the day and come downstairs and I read the Bible and I pray and I do the Bible recap and I make coffee and I push the button <laughs> and and then Brian usually brings a baby to me at, at 6.15 and then I hang out with her until the boys wake up and at that point he's downstairs, he helps make breakfast, like it all just flows really well now, like he helps make breakfast, I get Paige ready for her day. And then we're all able to like eat breakfast together. He does a devotional with the kids before he leaves. So prior to this, like me waking up, none of that stuff happened. Mm. We didn't all eat together. There wasn't always a time for devotional. People running around like maniacs. Someone was yelling at someone else. But now the kids have a really clear idea of what's expected of them. I made them a visual schedule okay. that they used for a while, but now they don't even really need it. Mm-hmm. So it really just flows well and when brian leaves for work we're outside on our walk and we have our daily walk from 8 to 8 30 and every day that's awesome this happens at the same time and i've always been extremely poor at doing like a um, a routine Mm -hmm. that would you know something would happen at the same time every day that would never that was never something i previously was good at Mm -hmm. so this has felt really successful yeah yeah what happens on your walks that sounds nice so the walks are so fun um rosemary's in the stroller and the boys are walking next to me and we've had a lot of conversations about like how to walk safely i felt like the first couple walks 
the first week was just like herding cats. Um, there's, um, it's been great. Wait, that I, doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's been really awesome because we see the sa- some of the same people. Mm-hmm. And I don't live in a neighborhood where people are very well connected. So I don't know outside of my immediate neighbors. I really don't know people. So it's been this awesome way to like see the same people every day and speak to them and um, say hello and meet their dogs, etc. But we walk around the neighborhood. We've learned our address. <laughs> we talk about people's houses. Just walking around the neighborhood really opens up conversation with your children about everything. Mm. Just about things that they're thinking about, things that they see. I love the time of day because the sun is still kind of rising. Yeah. And so it's a really great way to get their energy out and have them. I heard, I read recently that it helps with the circadian rhythm to be outside in the morning. So that couldn't hurt, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the walk is just this really, at least for me, this like grounding time where I'm with the boys And they now at this point, a few months in, understand the expectations. So in the beginning, it was hard because it was mostly about safety Mm -hmm. and how to walk because people just fly through our neighborhood in the morning. But now it's more enjoyable where we're like having actual conversation. Mm. And we name like you. I noticed out front you have two lions Mm -hmm. in front of your house. A house has two lions and we've named them Henry and Harold. Yes. And we say good morning to them. Those are my lion's names. No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so like, but it's just That'd so cute. Funny. There's all these incidental like ways to use our imagination. Absolutely. And also like the, Benny's three and he's learning his left and his right because Henry's on the left and Harold's on the right. Yeah. And then I like, had them tell me like what direction to turn. Like, I don't know. There's yeah. all these really fun ways that we're learning together that we weren't doing before. Mm. Yeah. So we're building I rapport. I want to come. <laughs> it's real quick. It just feels like so quick. Some days we stop more than we walk because mm-hmm. we find bugs and we visit plants, mm-hmm. you know, and meet people's dogs. But it's faithful and you're teaching them, well, with words, but also without words. Like right away, you're opening up their mind space to something greater than them like right at the start of the day. That's really cool. It's been great for all of us. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, your faithful prayers. I was just thinking about an example that I read about in a book about Susanna Wesley and she was a lady who had a lot of kids and she was the mom of Charles Wesley and what's the other guy's name? John? (laughs) I'm tired. But anyway, something that she was committed to was faithful prayers, kind of like you're saying. And if I remember correctly, one of her prayers was, Lord, may my children ignite a fire in this world or something. Like she just prayed like crazy bold prayers and like two of her sons especially did that. And I was just really inspired and encouraged to not give up on praying like bold prayers for your kids because like we yes. said before god has the all of time sight <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh, so yeah i was just encouraged by you saying that you faithfully do that for your kids so what about sewing maria what is something being sewn in your life right now something at the beginning stages well i as i mentioned i am just beginning my homeschool journey So we are just starting month two. So it really feels so new Mm -hmm. and so fresh. And I'm still getting questions or like, how's it going? So that this, I think we spoke on it when we met up recently, is just how like I feel like I'm going back to school. Yeah. Just everything that is in the curriculum about the basics of the gospel and the Bible. It's definitely like we're all in the class together. And somehow I'm the teacher, but I'm learning just as much. (laughs) So that is 
I guess what's being sown in my life is just God really using this role as as um teacher to just like you know shape my heart and my thoughts mm-hmm. um, and just like my direction of the way that I steer my family just through homeschool. What's interesting about that to me is that your external thing that you're sewing, like homeschool, you decided to do it, is shaping you internally. I think that's really interesting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So how have like patterns changed in your life in the past couple months? Homeschool yeah. has just like completely given our mornings a 180, which affect our whole day. I think I kicked around the idea of homeschool for five years five years I mean Bear's turning six in November so mm-hmm. kind of had a, a bonus year in a way because he's right at the beginning right after the cutoff mm-hmm. just to really like figure out if it was something I wanted to pursue do you like oh. this growing this oh new it's thing, or? so much fun okay like, I'm having so much fun if I have my lesson plan planned I'm it's just like the greatest like mm-hmm. our day I think learning is so much fun and I just feel so overjoyed that I get to do this with bear mm. and then i'm excited to think about the future with the other children it, it's just so cool that i get to share this experience with with them yeah um, who's helping you in this process um brian definitely obviously is like huge support and we talk about like the things that we're learning and how he can also um aff- you know like affirm our faith to them and help bear with some of the topics by discussing them with him. But, but a lot of the help that I got from this or the other moms in our community, if it wasn't for all of the faithful moms and remnant that homeschool, I don't think I would have felt empowered to do it. Mm. Um, I see them doing it. I see the things that they um, are good at, what they struggle with, how they lean on God through their homeschool walk. Do you feel like you needed courage to do this or were you just ready? I absolutely needed courage to do this because I definitely was concerned that I would not be able to be a kind, patient teacher Mm. and that I would just ruin my relationship with my children. Granted, I'm only two months in, so I'm constantly (laughs) praying that that is still like uh, my path is that I'm going to be a kind, like open-hearted, patient, compassionate teacher. Yeah. Um, have you found, well, you did, you did say you're only two months in, but I'm just expecting this to be the case. So maybe I'm asking a question that I canned question, but, um, I'm just imagining that as you grow in Christ and you lean more into what the ways he wants you to step in, like, have you found more freedom in your life? Did you used to connect your work to like freedom in Christ? Did you think about it that way? I didn't. But then when you when you have freedom in Christ, you can lean into, I can lean into being a homeschool teacher and not worry about whether everyone agrees with that decision. I can be passionate about it and excited about it. I used to really be concerned with other, what other people think. Mm-hmm. And so now when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm free in Christ to pursue educating my children without fear of you know man or um i mean there's so much freedom in christ you mm-hmm. can go on and on it's not just for homeschool but sure certainly i feel free to change our lives so dr- drastically i mean so many people we know homeschool so it's very normalized to mm-hmm. me now at this point but i have a lot of family and friends that are like oh 
<laughs> oh, like, panic tell guys. Me more of that. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh. And you're not sure what part about what you're saying is where they're judging you the most, but you know that you're being <laughs> judged. I'm free to just be okay with that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and know that I'm um, confident in our decision to walk this path. Yeah. One of the things that I love about this question is just thinking about what you're hoping for is the seeds that you're pushing down this new journey that you're starting. Like if you push this parsley seed in the ground, you're hoping for that green leafy herb. Like what is, as you're pushing this down, what it, what are you hoping for? I'm really just ultimately hoping for my children to accept Christ as their savior. I really wanted them to learn through the lens of God has created everything. Mm-hmm. Everything that you learn about or anything worth knowing is seen through the lens of God. I really want my children to view the world in that way and come to their faith in Christ with these efforts mm-hmm. that I I am taking and their father are taking to orient their world, you know, in that way. So yeah, I just really want my children to be to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Yeah. That's really the ultimate goal for me um, in these these homeschool seeds. Yep. And so, yeah, by taking hold of the reins to teach them, you get to be the one that shows them and points out to them, this is how, this is what God made. This is what he wants you to know. This is what you, he made you for. Like, you get to be the mouthpiece for that. Yes. Is- like, recently, like, just in the first month, I love history. I love history. Um, but how differently have I personally viewed history teaching it? Beautiful Feet is the curriculum we use. Mm-hmm. And they, the very first lesson they talk about um, where you knit you in the womb um, and just how like they wanted to impress they wanted us to impress upon the students that like there is no insignificant role in history mm. God created every single person that you've learned that you have learned about and I'm always been fascinated with history but that yeah. just added just a whole another layer of fascination where I never was like so and so was created by God mm-hmm. and I'm reading about them in this history book and it just was like wow like yeah. um God's there too, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you're learning about like the Louisiana Purchase or, you know, for us, the Vikings yeah. this month. Um, <laughs> that's the same. So silly, but I didn't learn, you know, history through that lens. And so it just makes everything that much more significant. Mm-hmm. Or even just being there to get excited about something and let your kids catch that, like they're going to catch that you're excited you just use the word fascinating and I I've been on this kick lately like do we really know what words mean so I've been using my dictionary a lot that's something I used to do as a kid was everyone would say oh ask Laura she's like the dictionary but I kind of lost that so recently I'm like tell the kids all the time go get the dictionary I love the dictionary and the thesaurus yes source nut so the word I really am doing this as an act of love. Oliver wanted to study reptiles this year for science. This is the first year I let them pick. So we're oh, on cool. snakes. I really dislike it. I don't want to say hate, <laughs> but I possibly could say that. Yeah. Anyways, the first line of this lesson was like, snakes are fascinating creatures. And I was like, oh, this is. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, talk me into it. So I'm like, let's look up the word fascinating, Oliver. And I got really excited about what fascinating actually means and recently the kids will just pop up and get the dictionary sometimes when I don't even have to say it or whatever and like let's figure out what it means so sometimes like what you love can be passed on to which I'm finding fun 
Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I was talking about. Well, that. I think Snakes. that <laughs> I think that Bear has a lot of fun with history because mm-hmm. I love it, mm-hmm. and it shows me how like if I'm prepared for a topic and if I find something I like about it, then mm-hmm. I'm better at teaching it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just. Like starting month two, and I can already see that that is important knowledge. What's something silly you've done for history that's fun that caught your attention? Like with him? Yeah. Well, we're doing Vikings, and we're going to make a Viking longboat next. Out of what? Out of like paper. Like it's like a DIY thing that they had like a link for that we're going to do. And then I love this curriculum because they have um, at the end of each unit, they have like recipes. Mm -hmm. And we're going to make like... A cake. Oh, yay. <laughs> and my son is really picky, so I'm kind of embracing this aspect of the history because there's also these, like, I'm calling it Viking food. Okay. But it's, like, typical foods that would have been eaten around that time. And it's, like, crackers and cheese and stuff. <laughs> and I think that he, you know, crackers and cheese, what kid wouldn't like that? But my son is just astro- astronomically picky. Mm. And so I think the excitement of eating something that the Vikings had <laughs> will, will open him up to trying different foods. That's cool. So I'm trying to use this. I have other, you know, like yep. m- multiple purposes. In What about a Viking name? Could you give him a Viking name? Well, his name's Bear. So oh, well, yeah, I think I he mean... kind of already has one. <laughs> Bear the something. I'll ask him. He's really good at coming up with that kind of, like he loves a role play. Yeah. So Bear the Valiant. Yeah, like something like Bear that. the Horrid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely think that's on our list. He has to come up with his Viking name. All right. What? Oh, one last thing in this category before we move on. So you just talked about how homeschooling is your hope to shape your children, but you also said that you're hoping that God uses the role to mold your you. So what are you thinking about there? Um, I think just that that God uses this role to just mold me into a person that is more faithful, that follows him more closely, that exemplifies Jesus more, not just to my children, but to everybody. I think in learning how to humbly approach them in this new like relationship just will overall just help me relate to others in the way that God, you know, has called me to. That makes sense. Good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What are you watering? And this is even like maybe more prayers that you have or something that you're actively stewarding or attending. I think that um, for me, I am praying about Christ just touching all aspects of my life. I think that when I became a Christian, definitely just blew me wide open but there's still times where I don't realize I'm compartmentalizing mm-hmm. um, and I'm not allowing Jesus in to certain aspects of my life. And so I'm constantly praying that God reveals those areas to me right? Um, so that I can allow him in because I think at this point, if I'm just not even aware of it, then I'm not doing anything to, um, I'm not leaning on Jesus in a way that I could be. Mm-hmm. So I've just been praying a lot about God um, opening my eyes to ways in which I can, you know, lean on him more. You've been so practical in everything that you've shared so far. And you told me recently that you've never read the whole Bible before. And so you're just so practical and you're like, well, I'm just going to start simply. I'm going to read the whole Bible. And that's what you've been doing. And I just appreciate that approach that you shared. You know, you don't necessarily need to go bigger than like the first steps you know yeah I think constantly I feel 
like I fail a lot at um like constantly I just feel like I'm in the shallow end and so I do pray a lot about God deepening my faith Mm -hmm. and I definitely felt like um when I was praying about that it was like well you haven't even read the whole Bible Maria you should at least know what you say you believe in (laughs) and and read the words that that God felt like was so important that he put down yeah and so yes starting there has been so very helpful obviously (laughs) 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 um but uh, i think that you know we became christians and then very quickly became parents and i've just been waiting through those early years of being parents and trying to juggle Mm -hmm. deepening my faith whilst taking care of children (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so this is kind of a messed up question but why do you pray well my prayer life was really really grown immensely um we've talked not not much about this but um you know that i've lost a child Mm -hmm. um our first child oscar was um full-term stillborn for those that do not know and all I had was prayer (laughs) like that's it from moment to moment I just felt like I didn't even know where my body ended and the world began like I just felt so out of myself that I would just stop and pray and and just call out to God so you know they say God is so loud um, in hard moments and in your grief and in trials. So true. Felt so close to Jesus. Thank God I did because I could see where some people might turn away in those mm-hmm. moments. But I've always been so thankful to Christ that he pulled me closer to him. I think I said one time that I felt like I've just been cracked wide open and God just filled me in. Yeah. You know? So I would say for me personally as an adult, uh, and that. He was born in June 2016, and we became Christian in 2013. So I was very fairly new, uh, you know, recently um, committed to Christ. So, yeah, it just really feels like my prayerful life, God used that loss to really grow my prayer life with him because I rather felt like I was going crazy at times, and so I just had to talk to God constantly Yeah, because I was so just beside myself with grief yeah do you think risk ever comes into play when following god absolutely yeah um i have three additional beautiful children that are alive and every single time we decided to trust god and move forward and try again that just felt like a huge huge risk and god god was faithful uh and trusting him has allowed me to be a mom and have these children, um, but it just felt like so risky. And that's just one example in life where it just felt like a huge risk to trust Jesus because I could have lost more children, but I didn't. Did you ever have an unwilling heart to have more? Was it just too scary? No, I always wanted more. When I was pregnant with Oscar, I can vividly remember calling up Brian and saying, I just want you to know that I want at least four children. Hmm. <laughs> like I was, you know, pregnant with him. Nothing had happened. And I always had that heart for wanting children. I was just so scared. Yeah. Because it's, um, 
it's one thing to to imagine losing a child but when it's something that is real and you've seen like how thin the veil is between living and not living it really just bursts wide open this notion that we have control over anything Mm -hmm. um so that was really scary and kind of spirally when you really sit with the fact that um, we are not in control yeah so I love the wording that you shared with me in your notes. You said that you're praying God reveals to me where I can lean into him more. And when I think of leaning, I'm thinking of, wait, like you're expecting the thing you're leaning on to not topple so that you can like truly lean. And so just thinking about that word lean, is that the way that you're thinking about it? Like, did you choose it? maybe accidentally or on purpose, but I'm just thinking about how if you're leaning, there's a sense where you're like, it's not my strength. That (laughs) was definitely an on purpose word because I think the areas where I'm not including God are the areas in which I I personally probably feel like I'm in control. Mm -hmm. I have got this. But the truth is there's no area of my life where I should be, I should have more faith in myself than I do Jesus. Mm-hmm. So for certain, I want to lean on him. I want him to be the foundation, the basis for walking in faith towards in, in any aspect of my life. Mm. So what in your life doesn't feel good right now, but is good for you? You know it. <laughs> I think that, well, it's gotten easier now, praise God. But I think that there's the process of figuring out what I needed to do. I for our, just since we talked a lot about it for our, my family's new morning schedule, mm-hmm. that didn't just come out of thin air. I went to New City Academy. We had talks, like mini sessions, and Christina Green and Ashton Tower spoke about the rhythms of their family. Mm-hmm. And Christina talked about dying to self and how important that is and le- loving and serving others the way Jesus has called us to. And so waking up at 5 a.m. doesn't feel great. You know, sacrificing sleep or time that I could have doing something that serves just me Mm -hmm. Uh, doesn't feel awesome, but uh, it is changing our family dynamic for the better. I would say that's love. Mm Mm-hmm. That is love. That is love. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could do it for any other reason. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Anything else? (laughs) (laughs) Anything else hurting? Anything else (laughs) stretching you? (laughs) (laughs) I think mothering is is going to be a lifelong hurt. Uh, It's so at odds with I guess what my sin bent is of just wanting everything to go the way I want it to go. Mm. I don't. uh, This is just makes me sound awful, but I don't like redundancy. Okay. I don't like repeating myself. You know, any mom listening to this is laughing because oh yeah, that is like the heart of um. Caring and loving for your children, especially small ones. Um, I just, I'm really triggered. And so I'm constantly crying out to the God to help me be the parent that I needed as a child, you know, and, and to show my children the love that I'm shown, that he shows me, right. you know. Right. Is this like, do you feel weak in this at all? Do you find comfort in the scripture that says where we are weak, he is strong? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, all of the above. Because I just don't think, I think that, you know, my freedom in Christ allowed me to pursue a life that is so scary. Okay, um, yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. like marriage, committing to someone, choosing to love 
people that aren't necessarily serving you or filling your cup. Um, you know, all those things that our, our life in this family dynamic is comprised of, I would just be an utter failure at if it wasn't for Jesus. Mm. Yeah, something I read somewhere recently is, is talking about the script, scriptures say like godliness is gain. So again, coming back to faith, like trusting God for what we don't see yet, but like he is perfecting us, like bringing things into completion, like making us more like Jesus. He promises he's not going to take away himself. He's just going to give it more and more. And Mm -hmm. like, it's going to be a greater reality in our lives. And I'm definitely holding on to that. (laughs) It's almost too good to be true. It feels like, you know, like, no way. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, way. So you are used to not feeling good, though. Like you said, your, your son died and so you've you know what it's like to live with pain that doesn't go away Mm -hmm. how do you think about that (laughs) how do I think about that oh I think that God has used my grief to really just allow himself to be poured into my life so while I don't think I would ever choose to lose my son. No, I know for certain I would never choose to have been in that situation ever. I can see how God has used it for his glory and for his good. I would most definitely not be the parent I am today without the ways in which I was forced to lean again, <laughs> lean on Christ. Uh, grief is a really weird thing, but I now he would be, have been seven this June. Hmm. Enough time has passed where, like, I have joy. I have so much joy at being his mother, even though it's not been on this earth. God is just so faithful, even in these dark moments of your life, in which, you know, where I just didn't even want to be who I was. I didn't want to be myself. But God just has clung so tightly to me. It's so strange to think how he can take what is just so awful and there can be so much good that has come from yeah such an intense loss yeah we can answer this question in like short term seems like this is what's happening right now this is the season i'm in but yeah some some training lasts a lifetime yeah i I can remember vividly um right after it happened um brian and i would just sit uh at night we just hadn't oh it was just so hard because like we were supposed to be taking care of a baby and we weren't and i would just sit in that and i just I was like, what do we even do? Like, I just go to sleep at like 6 p.m. I just don't even want my brain to be on. And I remember thinking, um, it was like all of a sudden this realization, because I think you're, I think you realize things in waves. Like everyone else knows it to be true, but grief is so bizarre. And I think your body needs to help you not just implode. But I have this thought of, oh my gosh, this is going to be a loss I feel until I die. Like, that was just an overwhelming moment where I just started sobbing because I was like, Brian, if I live to be 75, mm. I'm going to be sad when I'm 75 yeah. that my son isn't here with me. Um, and that was a wild moment because it was awful. But then, it, like I said, it just was like, God help me, you know, like God be with me. Um, it just definitely made me realize um, the ways in which I needed Christ right then mm. were going to be the ways I would need him always that that I wasn't going to need him any less and he wasn't going to 
be there any less. Yeah. So it was a comfort too at the same time. But it was just kind of like this moment of just like, like I said, realization. That's he- it's heavy, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about grief being lifelong. Yeah. But Christ is eternal. And so whereas I believe, you know, I get to be joined with my son again, gr- the grief isn't eternal. Mm-hmm. So having that eternal perspective is, is huge. Yeah. And I had no idea why I heard this before, but there's a point in heaven, you know, where our tears are wiped away. But one theologian, or maybe more than one, talked about the eternal sorrow of God. Have you ever heard about that before? Like our tears will be wiped away, but he will hold eternal sorrow for, you know, those that aren't with him or whatever. And I just thought that was like oh, a yeah. wow thought about how amazing God is that he, he takes that on. And the, yeah, like Jesus scars will remain but our our bodies will be made new but his scars will remain our tears are will be wiped away but he will have eternal sorrow over something you know just really profound um yeah about our great god so let's move to weeding confession if there's anything you want to share that you are giving to god and saying take this lord take this from me i think that i've been in the last several years um just in this weeding of individuals that I allow into my life that I give energy to and are are those relationships honoring to Christ having um, lived so much of my life not in Christ I have a lot of relationships with people that don't know Jesus and I think it's really important for me to maintain several of them to be to allow God to work through me and hopefully if it be his will to use me to help mm-hmm. them know Christ but I've just been thinking a lot about how maybe some of those relationships pull me away and so just really giving my energy to what what is honoring to Christ the most and certain certain relationships may be only um, entertaining conversation that is honoring to Christ you know yeah so really changing how certain relationships looked or have looked for a long time because I have so much on my plate that I I can't I can no longer maybe you know give myself to mm-hmm. that why do you think we struggle so hard with letting things go <sighs> I think that uh, seem clear <laughs> right totally clear like that's not honoring to God that's not you know I don't know I think it's hard to let go of people that you love that have maybe really dug in and let you know where they stand so it's very clear <laughs> Yeah, that they're not someone that will point you to Christ. So it's just hard because it's a letting go. It's a, a breaking off. That can be hard to do. Yeah. It's again back to those eyes of faith, like can't change the past. But he's like, okay, taking you down this path. So trusting him for the future. Yes. I guess. Yeah. So I don't even know why I wrote this down, but <laughs> I str- I wrote this. Do you ever struggle with forgiveness? I don't even know. <laughs> Um, no, that's a great question. Uh, one of the most amazing things that came into my life because of your podcast was your first guest, Jessica okay. Ponder, talked about a book she had read about bitterness. Mm. What was it called? Why did the name just go out of my head? Oh, mine, mine too. Uh, isn't it Wilson? Is yes, it, yes. Yeah. Uh huh. And it's um. Wow, it is late, Laura. Bitterness is in the title. It's yes, almost it's like, tomorrow. Um, like ending bitterness or um, letting go. Uh, and How to be free from bitterness. Yes, thank you. Uh, that book, 
whoa, I think that book does kind of uh, walk hand in hand with the inability to forgive. And yeah, I think sometimes I don't realize that I'm not being forgiving. And then when that's revealed, I'm like, oh. (laughs) So that's why being nice to a certain person doesn't feel good or is really hard to do. It's because I'm holding on to bitterness and, and not forgiving. Yeah. Not, you know, stepping out in faith to forgive someone, regardless maybe of how they have treated me or will treat me. I was really challenged by a recent sermon when um, I always say his name wrong, Pastor Tony, it's either Marito, I think it's that, said something, how does Christ forgive fully and freely? And I was like, fully and freely. And that's how we're called to forgive too. And it's tough. That's hard. Yeah. So so he's teaching you, what do you think? (laughs) And the forgiveness and to let go of some things, what, what do you think? Because his commands are never arbitrary, just because I said so. Right. Well, I definitely think the forgiveness and letting go of the bitterness allows me to fully, like, if I'm called to love my neighbor, I can't do that if I'm unwilling to forgive them and move forward in love. I'm not trusting Christ if I'm so worried about controlling the world around me and how people treat me based on certain things. So I guess he's just... It's all pointing to um, walking in with Christ in faith and allowing him to be the the leader of my my life um, yeah. instead of me being in control of everything. I've been reading First John with a few ladies, and my husband has been going through First John with some guys. And in First John, it says a litmus test for your love for God is your love for other believers. <laughs> That's a hard one, too. <laughs> Yeah. And kind of like what you're what you're talking about in a different light. And I'm like, okay, so now I got to go back to the basics and pray for love. Um, because kind of like what you're saying, how can something like flow out of you, like love for others, if like you're clenching in a way you don't even know, like your fist is clenched on a bitter something, like how can sweet things come out? And so God is saying like the same point, like, love for fellow man if again that full and free nature of god that he has like it will come out in all areas the cup will spill over so yeah this is just a a confession time so we're praying about all these (laughs) (laughs) like i've said before it's not all in the bag yet but god help us with all this harvest time we're gonna move into the end of the podcast okay God's faithfulness, his everyday graces in your life and um, victories that you've experienced. What do you want to share? Well, um, when you asked me this, I just have these three amazing, beautiful children and that just I look at them and I just see God's faithfulness there. How I found so much joy in parenting beyond the grief and the anxiety that I thought would be with me so acutely forever. God has really taken that off of my plate hugely you know I wouldn't say I'm anxiety free and that everything is wonderful but praise God that I have this family that I have and that there's just so much joy in my life right now you know like it's just it's just such a special time when they're all so little um, and it is so hard everyone always focuses on how hard it is to have littles but it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and I'm just so thankful to God for trusting me with these these souls that he's created could you say like david that god has led you beside 
quiet streams. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he's that same passage is like I've been in the presence of enemy fear. Yeah, worried about yeah. my life, but somehow I've got a shepherd taking me to the quiet stream, and I've ended up here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have a theme song for your life, Maria? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, you just asked me that without warning. <laughs> a theme song. That that would for take- the, or for this period in your life, is there a song that uh, pumps up your family? What are you oh, singing? Oh, that's hilarious. Um, so you're making me laugh because I'm thinking about something that they asked me to listen to today that isn't a theme song. Oh. Us, but um, <laughs> okay, Baby Shark. Can that be a theme song? Sure. Um, no, I'm just kidding. My kids do listen to Take on Me a lot. Mm-hmm. That is a huge one. Gosh, we're very much into Holland Oats. Yeah. Um, and you make my dreams come true has been like a huge one lately because Benny discovered it and was like, what is this? Yeah. I want to hear this more. So yeah, let's just say you make my dreams come true by Holland Oates is my current theme song to my life. And that feels pretty good. Mm. <laughs> Love it. All right, Maria, what is a special thing from home that you have brought to share with everyone that maybe shows a little bit more of a side of you that we don't often okay. get to see <laughs> um yes i have a tattoo on my arm that i got shortly after losing oscar and it is the last scene from the book are you my mother by pd eastman i love this book and probably many of you do as well but i chose to get this in honor of oscar and really all of my children because the book deals with a baby bird who's in his egg and his mom flies away to go get him food to care for him um, and prepare herself for him Um, and he hatches and um, he falls out of the nest and the whole book he's walking around trying to find his mother and asking everyone like are you my mother Uh, and then this bulldozer puts him back in his (laughs) nest and just right then the mother bird comes back and I will read like the last two pages of this book Just then, the mother bird came back to the tree. Do you know who I am, she said to her baby. Yes, I know who you are, said the baby bird. You are not a kitten, you are not a hen, you are not a dog, you are not a cow, you are not a boat, or a plane, or a snort. Um, You are a bird, and you are my mother. And this book is just so simple, and obviously for children, but... It just means so much to me because it points to the fact that when Oscar and I meet, our souls will know each other. And we didn't know each other in life, but God has united us. We are both his children. This is just such an uplifting book for me because it also points to how much we are cared for by Christ. And we don't actually, you know, physically see him in our day to day. So, uh, yeah, that is what I wanted to share with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in the local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for His glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and His faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, the Master Gardener is always at work, So let's yield to him and grow where we're planted.